0: You're enjoying the new year. I know I am. I'm ready for 2024 to get going here. Lots of great stuff in the next 12 months. Lots of great stuff that we need to create ourselves. And Everyone out there listening, you kind of create your own path. You create your own energy. So remember that as we move forward here in the next 12 months. Thanks again for tuning in. Always appreciate when you stop by. Five-star reviews are always appreciated. Any review is always appreciative. But please do so after you listen. We always appreciate the feedback. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts and the official network for the Metallica podcast. So check that out. That's a a lot of fun to be had with listening to that show on our platform, as well as many others. You can find them at pantheonpodcast.com, as well as Pantheon Pods on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can do the same with the Hook Rocks and all three of those platforms. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download. Like and follow us and subscribe to us wherever you do podcast So you get the latest episodes right to your phone and get to enjoy all the previous episodes. I know I always run down a list of episodes that we've done recently, but I've been kind of taking a little bit of a sabbatical due to a health issue. But uh, we did release our quarterly album review, our top 10 ranking. So please check that out. Always a great guide or hope to be a great guide for you on new music that's out there. And our year-end top albums too as well where we take all four of those quarterly episodes that we do throughout the year and we kind of figure out which ones make the cut for our top albums and our top album list along with a lot of cool lists from our Groove Council group that we share a lot of music with so that's always great and I gotta tell you the quarterly album review we had an album called uh, Primal Forces by LaChinga great band out of vancouver canada they're part of the stoner rock genre but they're more based like led zeppelin esque acdc type of style fantastic album and it broke all the records we previously had that was held by tuck smith's album last year and with the most points and the most votes votes within the group for a top 10 list so i do recommend that album as i do with all the other ones but please check out that episode and all the others as well and we've got a great discussion, an interesting discussion that I've been wanting to have for a while on this episode of the podcast of the Hook Rocks. And it's about Led Zeppelin and, and more importantly, more focused. It's about Robert Plant. For years, Led Zeppelin fans have waited for a Led Zeppelin reunion, have wanted a Led Zeppelin reunion. And at this point, it's probably not going to happen. And we're going to get into why. It's not going to happen, and why Robert Plant has really been the member of the band that has stopped any progress or any push forward to actually get them on a stage again and tour across the globe, make a lot of money in the process. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his reasons why. He's given a lot over the years, and I'd like to do that with my next guest, rock journalist and one of our fans of the show and our friends of the show, too, as well. Mr. Matt Wake. How you doing, man? What's going on?
1: Doing good, Jay. Thanks for
0: having me. Uh, stoked to have this uh, plant chat with you. Yeah, it's one of those conversations that I think needs to happen. And I don't know if a lot of people have really dove into kind of why and his reasons. I know a lot of people get upset, right, when Led Zeppelin didn't take, uh, take part in Power Trip, this big festival, uh, back in what, September, I think it was. Or August, and I know there were rumors and rumblings of them doing it. I know they were offered, from what reports say, it's never really been confirmed, but they were offered a big chunk of change to do that show. And once again, Robert Plant, with the dismay of Jimmy Page, uh, refused to do it or doesn't want to do it. Does not has no interest in doing it. And I think it's it's really important to have that discussion as to why. We'll never see a Led Zeppelin reunion and why we never have t- to begin with. As far as Zeppelin goes, and you know, they're arguably the biggest band in rock history. You could say the Beatles, you could say the Stones, you could say Zeppelin, but it really kind of revolves around those three, depending on what your music tastes are. They ended in 1979. 1980 was the last show in Germany uh, before the passing of John Bonham. And they all went their separate ways. John Paul Jones, as we know, did a lot behind the scenes with production. Um, I did that project with Dave Grohl a few years back, uh, which was really cool to see. Uh, Did a lot of video production, too, as well. As Jimmy Page went and did his own thing, did The Firm. He also did his solo stuff, did some things with the Black Crows. And Robert Plant, you know, from the Honey Drippers to his solo stuff, so now with Alison Krauss, it's kind of carved his path as well. But the lingering question has always been, when are they going to reunite? When are they going to get back on stage for all those legions of fans who never heard them uh, live, never seen them live? They're argu- arguably better or more popular than they were during their heyday in present day. I watched an interview with House of Strombo probably about four or five years ago, a really good Canadian journalist too as well, who's had a lot of artists on his show. And Pay Plant talked about the Page Plant shows that they did or the tours they did for the No Quarter MTV live album, then they did Walking Into Clarksdale, I think the name of the album was. And there was a moment while he was on the second tour with the album, Walking into Clarksdale, where he had this epiphany, you want to call it, or just this this thought that he didn't need this anymore. He didn't need these big crowds to really satisfy his needs as an artist anymore. He didn't need to play in front of 50,000, 100,000 people. He was kind of over it. This was the golden god, the guy that, man, him and Freddie Mercury kind of defined the frontman. probably Mick Jagger too as well, those three in the 70s. And after that, he walked away from the page plant music and the shows and kind of did his own direction, went back to his solo stuff, got into the bluegrass music with Allison Krauss. And here we are now. He's in his 70s. God, it's been almost 30 or 45 years. Has it been forty-five years since um since they last played? Maybe maybe it was yeah. Almost 45 years, I think. Since they last played and they did the
1: 2007 um, thing for, uh, Ertugan with yeah.
0: Jason. Yeah, with Jason. It's been, well, yeah, it's been since the original lineup played, which has been 45 years. And then they did the tour, the show in 2007 or 2008, um, that they recorded and released that live album. So you being a Zeppelin fan, where do you stand on this? Where do you stand on plants? Feelings of reuniting and the fact that we will never get a Led Zeppelin reunion tour ever again.
1: Um, I think it's a case of Plant, you know, from uh, when he started his solo uh, um, career after Zeppelin. I know he did a couple of singles before Zeppelin, but in reality, when he started his uh, post-Zeppelin solo career, he had hits, man. Uh, big log in the mood. Um, little by little, he had hits. So Robert Plant had a solo career with like and with hits, you know, a successful solo career. And I, as much as I love Jimmy Page's guitar playing, my favorite guitar player ever, uh, his the way he bends a string t- hits my heart and soul and memory like nobody else does. But you know. I love Outrider. It's fun, but it's, you know, he hasn't had really a solo career. So I think Paige Plant, from an outsider's perspective, I think it was a chance for them to get to know each other again, for Robert to give Jimmy a victory lap in big rooms, in a lot of big rooms, Uh, you know. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's way easier to sing that high style, over acoustic, less loud bands, and you know, with Jimmy Page, you know he's a great acoustic guy, but all, the main oomph are those big riffs. The Marshall amp cranked, the Les Paul. So it makes it makes all the sense in the world for Robert to do this. And all, and I use this all the time. There's not a lot of slam dunk contests for seventy year old former NBA stars And singing that high hard style over a loud band pounding drummer and bass and, you know, stacks of marshals. It's not, it's a young man's game unless you're Steven Tyler or Sammy Hagar. And that's about it. You know, Um, do I wish it's frustrating though, because Jay, I mean, these guys do their best music together. No question. No question. But I guess the
0: other,
1: the other question would be, have they done all they can do together? I don't think so. You know, uh, because I liked the solo song, the new couple of new tracks on the uh, No Quarter, and I thought there's some good stuff in uh, walking into Clarksdale, but I think the producer should have pushed and here I am giving Robert Plant vocal notes, but I think there could have been better vocal takes on that album. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, he's Robert Plant. He seems he played here, where I live, in Huntsville, Alabama, at the... There's a real cool new amphitheater here called the Orion that a lot of cool people are coming here to play. Like, uh, um, And one of them was Robert Plant in Allison Cross this year. And, you know, it was in a loud band. He sounded good. I mean, he sounded like the best version of however old Robert Plant he is. You know, of course, the highlights were when they did a Zeppelin, couple of Zeppelin songs and... You know, he starts sque- squeezing the lemon a little bit, you know, and being, you know, Robert Plant. And um, but, you know, I do I wish he would do I would love it if if he, if he's not going to work with Jimmy anymore. I would love him to do a bluesy, you know, rocking album again, even, you know, have the guitar player play through a a, a small Fender amp instead of a big Marshall one. But uh, um and the other thing is, like, I like Allison Krauss and they've done some interesting things and they've won Grammys and had success and it's a good show. But I saw a clip the other night, Jay, of Plant singing with Cheryl Crow. And I was like, what a better fit that would have been. I mean, she's a rock and roller, too. But, you know, at the same time, he got to go down this new road like you're talking about with the bluegrass and stuff like that. But I think Robert... You know, he's. Uh, some people always want. They're looking for the new, the new path over the next hill, and I think that's. I think that's Robert Plant, and he seems pretty damn happy. I
0: think the that's incident. the most important thing that you say. He seems happy, right? Um, but let's kind of get into the the couple reasons, and I know you mentioned one, which is the voice which is there's no slam dunks for a 70-year-old NBA player. I think that's a great analogy. I think Plant knows his legacy. And I don't think Plant wants to do anything to harm that, right? Paul McCartney, Mick Jagger, little different in vocal range, right? Paul McCartney, still you know, obviously not with the Beatles, but still touring with the same type of Beatles-esque type of music. Mick Jagger, I mean, the Stones just released a new album about a month ago they don't really have the high notes or the range that they need to do to really wear and tear on the voice as plant would do if he was now touring and plant has done over the years. I mean, from 18 years old, there's people that think he blew his voice out during the first tour of Led Zeppelin, you know, the first debut album, but his voice, he was, I mean, look at some of the old video footage I mean, just look at song remains the same. When he comes in and Since I've Been Loving You. And that high break at the end of Since I've Been Loving You. I mean, that's a lot of stress. And he that wasn't just one night he did that for that <laughs> show. That was every night. So, of course, the youth was on his side back then. And I don't know what kind of care he took of his vocals. A lot of guys in that era didn't. Um, and with his range and how high he would get. I imagine it was probably tenfold of of the damage he was slowly doing to his vocal range. And we really started to see that after Zeppelin, as he went into the Honey Drippers and he went in his solo career. I was a big fan of Manic Nirvana and Fade of Nations, which were two great solo albums. Very cool. But I will say, you know, we talked about Page. Page had the firm, which was, I think, them trying to be Led Zeppelin and then of course he did the black crow stuff at outrider where he was trying to make the same music as what zeppelin did but plant if you know, if you listen to his solo stuff i think even if zeppelin was still around the progression of his music was what zeppelin would have been had they stayed around they weren't always going to do the physical graffiti's and the you know the the achilles last stand on presence and you know, in the evening and in through the outdoor, all that stuff that was coming later on in their career, they were moving, they were always evolving with different types of beats, different types of of melodies and arrangements. So I think, if anyone, Plant really extended that evolution, whereas Plant kind of stayed in that box afterwards.
1: And I think, well, I think you hit a couple of really big things there. Um, I think Robert Plant, is satisfied by his Zeppelin trip and his trip in general as a musician. And now he's just making himself happy, trying on different things for size, uh, being curious, still learning, you know, learning how to sing that harmony stuff with bluegrass with Zeppelin, you know, that wasn't harmony vocals. If he did it, he did it with himself with delay on the live shows or in the studio uh, overdubbing, but like, um, and, the uh the firm I, I do like those records. Um I might like the second one a little more, but I would say it's like lead company. Hmm. It, the, you, you know, with Paul singing, uh it's Paul Rogers singing. Uh I mean he has such a signature sound. And yes. by that time it was smoother than it was kind of the howl of like when he was with Free and all right now and all that. Like you know, whirling the mic stand As a teenage singer for free But like, I think um, I, I don't think they The supergroups, man Like, they often do not Like, okay, this is a little tangent and I'll bring us back A lot of times, these supergroups They, the bands that they came from Like Led Zeppelin Or Guns N' Roses Were The sum was greater than the parts Supergroups, though, more than often than not, I think the sum is not greater than the parts. Velvet Revolver had some good singers. They were good live when Wyland was on his game. But I couldn't say that they were a sum greater than their parts. The Firm, you had the (laughs) – I mean, Chris Slade's good enough to play drums in ACDC. Franklin's a hell of a a bass player. And – Paul Rogers and Jimmy Page, arguably always in the conversation for the best at what they do within rock, but it didn't, it, it didn't have that chemistry that blows and just makes it flame like Zeppelin did. Um, uh, I think, you know, I think Robert, Robert Plant's always been, I've got another little theory on this too. Jimmy Page has two ex-wives. Robert Plant has one ex-wife. So, if for anyone else out there who happens to be divorced and has ex-wives, you know that that is a financial situation to be considered that can impact things. So um, uh, that that may be just you know kind of uh, a little bit presumptuous, but I I I I, I was like hmm. I know plants only been married once. I'm pretty sure Jamie's been married at least twice. So I don't know. It's I think it's what I would. Okay, now let's. I'll flip this to do to you, Jay. They're not gonna. There's not gonna be a Zeppelin gig or a uh, a tour. Uh, the only thing I could see is if like if one of them had a terminal illness and they wanted to, and they didn't tell anybody. They're just we're going to play one more time. And then after the show, they t- say, you know, hey, it t- turns out X or Y me- member, surviving member of Zeppelin has a terminal illness, and that's why they did the show. But what I would lo- I would love for for Paige to do, because Plants, because he's a singer, he's kind of steers on boat, right? And Jimmy, since he's never really been a singer, uh, he kind of needs someone to co-pilot. You know, he needs Chewbacca with his Han Solo, and uh, I would love for Jimmy to do a run of shows that he would rehearse for, and uh, and I don't know, not with the Black Crows because I think they're he's done that, and those guys are trying to they're at a key part right now of are they going to be able to be, you know, at a certain level of a legacy band or a little lower level of a legacy band, so to speak. But I would love to see him put together a small kick-ass band, play a set like he did, like on the Outrider tour with, you know, just highlights from all his stuff. You know, Pepper and some... Oh, Coverdale Page. Forgot to mention that. Fucking great album, but the wrong time for it. 1993 or whatever it was, was the wrong time for for anybody to make music with one, a great vocalist, but David Coverdale, because that was like kill the hair guys, kill the hair guys, kill the hair guys. And you listen back to that album, it's fucking great. It had a terrible album cover. You know, the like street signs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh So I would love Jimmy to do at least a run of shows in like Nashville, uh, New York, Los Angeles, you know, a couple and do a couple of nights in each place. Small, you know, like a four to four thousand, eight thousand seater, and just be Jimmy Page one more time and hear how much people love him and how much his guitar playing affects people. Uh so that's I think that's the best case scenario. But Jimmy's getting up there, and I think also, you know. You know, uh, maybe he just doesn't want to mess with any of the nonsense that might come from a ultra rock star of the 70s coming back during this era that we're in where people are out to take people down and, you know, all kinds of uh, you can figure out what I'm talking about if you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, so uh, but maybe he just doesn't want to and maybe he's happy. You know, uh, he's been with the same woman for a while. He's, you know, like you said, Zeppelin's as big as ever, or if not bigger. Uh, but I would love to see Page to at least a lot of shows with a small, kick-ass band. No other guitar player. <laughs> you know, like, let him be. And, and if Jimmy Page is rehearsed and comfortable, he can still
0: deliver. Absolutely. I'd love to see him at the Ryman. That'd be great. Oh, you know?
1: Oh, oh, that would be nuts.
0: Yeah. I think Plant also knows that in the day and age that we live in, there's going to be footage of him on this tour. People are going to be critical of his voice. He knows that there's going to be social media postings about, oh, Plant was great once in the day. We just can't handle it now. And I think Plant wants you to know those 1975 live videos or that live music because that's what that's what Zeppelin was, and he knows he can't deliver that anymore. It just he just can't. So rather than go out there, he he doesn't need the money, right? He's certainly well off. His family, they probably I think they have generational wealth, you know, with all the music that they've done and and the rights to the music. So he doesn't need the money, so there's no motivation there compared to guys like Mick Jagger, who needs another island, basically. Um (laughs) But Plant's never been one to do do it for the money. And I just think he knows that, like, if he wants to maintain his legacy and that is his voice. So he doesn't want anybody to ruin that or he doesn't want to ruin it himself by taking the money and, 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 you know, living off of that. He doesn't have to do it. So there's no motivation for him in that aspect. The second thing is, is that he, you know, he has mentioned from time to time is losing his best friend, John Bonham, who, you know, one of the, if not the best drummer of all time. And I think he said this on Letterman, or maybe it was Jimmy Fallon, where he talked about having a different drummer behind the kit, whether it's his son or whoever, not being able to, to improvise like they did. I mean, I've got Zeppelin bootlegs where they did 40 minute versions of a whole lot of love and 30 minute versions of dazed and confused with blues medleys in between that were not rehearsed. <laughs> and he knows that bringing someone in. And I think Phil Collins kind of killed that during the live aid performance with how he, he didn't have the same pocket as John Bonham. Well, who does really? Um, and I think that's when plant kind of the light bulb went on for plants Like, only Bonham could do this. Only John, you know, could, could you know, Bonzo, he's the only one that could play with us. So I think that sticks in his mind a lot. And just being so close to John for so many years as kids growing up, I think it's it's hard for him to, to do that. I mean, Robert's had a lot of tragedy in his life. Obviously, Bonzo, his best friend, his, his son. Losing his son at a, at a, at a very young age is a couple songs that he's written throughout the years, including All My Love and, and uh, I Believe, which is on the of Nations album, which is about, you know, reflecting on his son's life. So I think where he's at now with music, he tours with his friends. You know, he's got this rockabilly group that he comes out with every few years when he's not with Allison Krauss. I saw him in Chicago probably about six years ago, five, six years ago and you know they do a lot of rockabilly stuff they do some zeppelin rockabilly versions and it's his buddies that he goes to the pub with and plays soccer with that that's who he's playing with and i think that's great but again i he doesn't need the money he knows his legacy for his voice and to add in he i don't think he can do it without john without bonzo
1: in the pain too like he um he doesn't need to do it um And if it's, you know, there's, you know, with the joy that you're bringing people and the, how it feels to be appreciated in a a big room and feel those applause wash over you and, uh, you know, be a golden God, even in the golden years. Um, like if there's some pain still tied to that form, hell yeah. I can understand why he wouldn't want to do 40 dates, 25 dates, 20, whatever. Um, 30 dates, 50 dates, whatever. Um, and I also, I, I the thing, you hit on something I think is holding, I think it alters a lot of decisions. People are, it, I don't think Robert Plant would ever admit to this, but nobody wants to end up a meme. Yeah. Now. You know, that everybody can use you as an example to dunk on everybody else or as a visual signifier of something sucking or go not as good as it used to be, you know, like, you know, think of, you know, all the, uh, fat axle, you know, kind of things like people. And, you know, of course the people doing that are exactly supermodels, you know, right. like, but, um, I think, I think, yeah, people are afraid of ending up being a meme, even probably Robert Plant, like you said. And, um, uh yeah. So uh, I mean and Fate of Nations, God, that's a good album.
0: I love that album. That it, songs, I believe that the cover version of if I Were a Carpenter, great. And he, you know,
1: and you mentioned him singing Rockabilly. That's always been a big root of his Robert Plant-ness, you know, that swagger and uh kind of uh bravado that he has brought from that and the blues and all that stuff, but God, Fate of nation's manic Nirvana. I think, okay. So like fate of nations was a little more, what I would call granola doubt, more organic sounding. And, uh, but then it was kind of going to that too, you know, during that time in general. Uh, but I thought manic Nirvana was this perfect, perfect cyborg of his, Kind of technology wanting to s- seem as current or as contemporary or as now as possible of his early solo stuff and like what he's best at being a badass blues rock singer. And I think Manic Nirvana, that album, it just, it has the right amount of, every- of both. I mean,
0: Tie Dye on the Highway. Oh, I was track? just going to say that. Tie Dye on the Highway is a fantastic song, great song. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and then you look at before Manic, we had Tall Cool One, which he was kind of bringing in elements of Zeppelin, and he was kind of you know figuring out the technology. And I think from was it Now and Zen, which was on uh, which was Tall Cool One, yes. Um, so if you look at Now and Zen, and if you look at Theta Nations, Manic Nirvana is the perfect middle ground of the organic rock and the technology, you know, from Now and Zen and then of nations it's like the center of gravity for robert plant (laughs) and i think those three album runs that are just absolutely phenomenal there's been other great stuff too as well um i know he think he did um oh the shapeshifters he did as well which was kind of uh, again with his buddies and everything but i look back at those three albums and that was just prior to the page plant and i saw um robert plant on those tours and i know on the fate of nations tour he had michael lee who was the drummer who went to play play with page and plant um who was also with the cult as well phenomenal drummer he sadly passed you know a a decade or so ago and then francis dunnery was the guitar player on that fate of nations tour he's amazing guitar player and I'm trying. And Charlie Jones was the bass player. I forgot who he's with, but that's actually Plant's son-in-law, um, who played bass. And that was a great, great band. Um, and I think Charlie and I think Michael Lee also played with Page Plant too, as well. But um, I remember those great albums. And again, those were very what I would consider the the continuing the evolution of what Zeppelin would have became. With how they were always experimenting with stuff and always always keeping their blues influence prevalent, but also adding different things too as well. Um, and I think his voice was a lot. It was it wasn't as sharp as it was with Zeppelin, but it was still very good. Um, and I thought, you know, he couldn't obviously hit the high notes as he once did, but who could with with doing that with your voice and that many tours and playing with all the alcohol and drugs around the 70s, but I always felt like Plant and this may people may disagree with it I thought Plant carried the torch more with the essence of Zeppelin in their evolution than Page did. Page I have always thought was trying to recapture what Zeppelin was, where I think Plant was capturing what Zeppelin would have became if that makes sense a Zeppelin album, basically, with Coverdale singing. I mean, you could fit that in between, you know, Led Zeppelin 4 and House of the Holy or House of the Holy and Physical Graffiti, you know, like with It's Over Now and Shake My Tree and Pride and Joy and all those great songs that were on there. I mean, that's one of the... I mean, Coverdale has said that Page gave him the permission to release the second album that they recorded, and I don't know what's ever going to come of it, but I would love to hear that. Love to hear that album.
1: There's some outtakes on YouTube floating around that are promising. And, um, uh, and I think they had like the drummer from heart playing on that. I want to say it was
0: Denny Carmasi. I think so. Yeah.
1: But I, um, uh, yeah, it was strong. It's aged really well. And I think, you know, like also by the time of faith of nations, I think pro- Robert Plant had probably had enough of all these kids pretending they were Robert Plant or nicking from his game. Maybe some people that weren't kids, uh, you know, rock singers. And and he had done enough exploring in the early, you know, his first uh, section of his solo career, trying new stuff, establishing a solo fingerprint, thumbprint uh, that he was like, okay. People, you guys pay money to see these people pretend to be me. They can't be Robert Plant better than I can. I'm going to show these guys how it's
0: effing done. Absolutely. And even to carry that through with the Page and Plant stuff. I think he was in a different headspace back then coming off those album that, that three album run. And. Page approached him. He, I think. Him and it's always been known that him and Coverdale were not on the best terms, either plant and Coverdale. And I think that annoyed him a bit as well. So I think it was the right time for it. And I think he did it. And I think that walking the Clarksdale tour was the last time he was really motivated to actually do it. There was also another moment that not a lot of people talk about that I I think it, I don't know if it was before Fade of Nations and before Coverdale Page or after just before the Page plant. But there was a performance at Neverworth. Yes, yes, in 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 the early nineties, early to mid nineties, where they did "Wearing and Terran, which was on the Coda album, and just killed it. Just Blasting. killed it. Oh, uh, if if and if anyone listening, if they want to just check out that performance with with Page and Plant doing "Wearing and Terran, which has never been done live because it was on Coda. I think it was recorded during either the Houses of the Holy or the Physical Graffiti sessions. Um. Oh my god! Just incredible. I think that was ninety five. I want to say ninety four, maybe. But yeah, that I think that was another leap into that page plant because nothing had been, you know, announced yet. And the reaction at Neverworld. This was the same uh, day where I've never seen anything like it. Paul McCartney did "Hey Jude," and there was like a hundred thousand plus people singing you know, the 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 chorus to Hey Jude, which I just I was mesmerized being in my late teens, early twenties back then. Um but yeah, that's a great moment. And that I think also led to it as well. But I think as we touched on the beginning, after that during that walking the Clarksdale tour, I think Plant fell out of that headspace. I think having those crowds again and playing with these big barns and these big rooms like they were doing, I don't think it gave him the artistic satisfaction that maybe he thought it was going to give him. I think he kind of began to look at it or be bored with it. Um because ever since then he's never done that. Plant could play bigger rooms if he really wanted to. But I just don't think he he cares to do so.
1: Yeah and I think if that uh walking into Clark's I mean I'm the biggest Zeppelin uh super fan, but like um I think if walking into Clark's tale would have had more of an impact if he maybe felt better about, you know, I mean, Robert Plant knows music. He knows those aren't the greatest vocal takes or, you know, and also maybe not the best. I put that on the producer, but, um, uh, you know, it didn't, it, there was some moments of magic on there, but there besides uh, most high and a couple of other tracks, there would be a moment it was pretty cool, but maybe only, two or three songs that I thought were good, the whole thing. But um, uh, I think that's Never 90. I can remember okay. watching that on MTV, and because the plant came out and did some of those uh, strong uh, Manic Nirvana songs, then brought out Paige for um, uh, Wearing and Tearing, which probably a lot of people who just had a cursor, cursory thing of Zeppelin didn't even know. You know, uh but blazing version, daring to do a song they never did together uh, and you could tell both of them dug the daring part of it,
0: yeah, yeah um, i mean they, they at that point, I don't think they played together since the live Aid show, and then they, they start- are, yeah uh atlantic eighty eight okay 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 atlantic eighty eight and to come out and do a song that people are like, What song is this, but absolutely just rip it, I mean it was that is just
1: a <laughs> they finished with I think rock and roll and just plants in full golden God mo- mode and hips going and at the end of both of them like finish you know like you know like they 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 know their way around rushing an arena or stadium you, you these guys are very familiar with how to do that
0: you could tell. And I and I think that's a great point you touched on too. They're familiar with the tour, the big the big event, right? And Plant lives a pretty quiet life these days, right? I mean, he does the stuff with with Allison Krauss, um, which is a totally different audience. And I think he knows what the craziness of a Zeppelin tour would be. And I don't know if he's if he wants that as well. I don't think he wants the... I mean, you got to figure there's going to be all this press, right? There's going to be so much attention to it. It's going to be Led Zeppelin trending every day on social media. It's going to be late night talk shows. It's going to be Rolling Stone magazine. It's going to be the whole gambit, right? And I just don't think he has the stomach for it to do something like that. I think he knows, like, man, that's, that's a lot. And not just playing and getting his voice every other night or every two nights to get up to what he has to do. But then he's got to talk and he's got to do press and he's got to do. I just, again, I just, he, he lives a pretty quiet, comfortable life. He just doesn't seem like he has any interest in it.
1: And he's got the most to lose because right. he had this solo career too. And this, you know, dignity, you know, uh, whether, although I give, Jimmy Page credit for playing with David Coverdale, who a lot of the people that were making fun of Whitesnake in 1993 or whatever, had no idea he made a, some ripping albums with deep purple, you know?
0: Um, and what a great singer Coverdale, you know, and be. the early Whitesnake stuff too. Everybody talks about the 87 albums being like this great album. Go back and listen to the four or five albums that came out before that. That is real blues rock. I mean, no glam, no frills, no nothing. Slide It In has a little bit of it, but all the stuff like Come and Get It and um, "God Love Hunter, which is a great album, Saints and Sinners, which is a great album. I mean, that stuff is just fantastic.
1: Fantastic. I think uh, uh, Robert has the most to lose because what's going to be – when you were God, the golden God in your mid-20s, And in your early 70s, there's only one way to go when you're the golden god. It's down. And it's, you know, that heavy hard rock music, the high, hard singing are what really propels it. You know, the riffs and the grooves and everything, too. But, like, it would be, he would, you know, you can just already hear people on their Twitter or their, uh, you know, Trolls you know, and making their memes of plants singing a whole lot of love and 71 or 73 compared to 2024. And, uh, you know, page would still, if he's, if Jimmy's rehearsed and he feels comfortable and he, you know, by all means he's doesn't drink anymore. Like, um, you know, he's going to sound like Jimmy page, but, um, I, I think I, I totally get why plan and I totally get why people want or Zeppelin reunion. I mean, there you still see kids. I see kid. I saw a skateboarder the other day, you know, like teenage kid wearing a Zeppelin shirt. He was obviously a cool kid. But like the cool kids still like the
0: cool teenagers still like Zeppelin. My eighteen-year-old son, Dad, Led Zeppelin is the greatest band ever. I can't disagree with that. You know, but here we are. I mean, Led Zeppelin does it right. They they never oversaturate their fans. They never. I mean, they'll release a a photo book. They'll release, you know, uh, a limited edition vinyl stuff that their van their fans will crave. And it just it keeps the fans interested and keeps new generations interested. Right? I mean, it is it is a, a if anyone once can teach a class on how to remain relevant this many years after your last album, it's what Led Zeppelin does. Right. Um, it's like a person who does just the right amount of social media. Right. Right. Absolutely. Great, great analogy. And you know, they release their box set anniversary editions. They release live albums of never heard concerts before. Every couple years they come out with something different. And it's the right amount and they just keep it pushing. And so generations that were after us and the generation that's after them still love Led Zeppelin. You watch these reaction videos on YouTube of Zeppelin people reacting, never heard Zeppelin at all. And they heard Zeppelin for the first time. And these are people in their twenties and, and all that. You know, I hate to age myself, but I'm 48. So this whole generation is just like, who is this band? Like, this is absolutely phenomenal. So when they hear this stuff and they fall in love with it because the music is timeless and everything, that's what Plant wants to maintain, right? He wants you to keep interested in that way because he knows he doesn't want to be, like you said, Axel Rose and how people on social media who are just some people are just cruel, you know, fat Axl or watching the Vince Neil videos, you know, for Motley Crue. Um, He doesn't want to become that. He doesn't want to become a circus act. And I think he's smart for doing that. And I think you have the fact that he doesn't need the money. He knows what his legacy is and he wants to maintain it. He knows what the band's legacy is too, more importantly. And he also is missing his friend. And he also likes the quiet, comfortable life with Allison Krauss playing bluegrass. I Forget who it was who told me this story. That's gonna, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna drive me nuts. you told me this? I think it was the they were at the Bluebird. Allison Krauss was at the Bluebird, and Plant was playing behind her, and no one knew that that was Robert Plant in the audience, and Robert Plant like undid his hair, and I think they started doing like a, a like Black Dog or a Zeppelin tune, and everybody kind of looked up and like oh my God, that's Robert Plant. They couldn't believe it. But that's what he wants. He wants to be unassuming. He wants to have that where he can come and do things without people making a big deal out of it. And I also think this is another thing, too, is that the same people that are on social media making YouTube videos about it or whatever, saying how selfish Plant is and how Zeppelin needs to reunite for this generation, are the same people, if they did, would make videos and podcast about how bad plant sounds you know like plant yeah right right you know it's almost like the the animal waiting for the cub to come out of the nest you know and then you know wanting the animal to come a little cub to come out and then eating the cub and then saying oh it wasn't that good you know so it's just it's a it's kind of a a catch-22 when it comes to that but i think plants just above it all and i think at the end of the day He's a very smart man. He's been able to maintain his legacy this long by being smart. And I love the fact that you brought up he doesn't want to be a meme. He doesn't want to have a looping reel on Instagram of just him not sounding like he did in 1973,
1: 1975, 1968, 69, whatever. I I want to touch on you mentioned that Robert Plant is a smart man by all if you read any of his interviews listen to him it's obvious very smart guy and i think he also realizes trying new stuff moving forward i think it keeps him young he's still a pretty he's a pretty young i mean he's not like running around with his shirt unbuttoned anymore at age 70 something or whatever but like uh i think he's pretty young and got a sparkle in his eye and i think uh Part of that intelligence is he knows this. There are two roads that you can go by, but this is the one that Robert Plant should take right now.
0: Very, very poignant uh, way to end this conversation. I think, you know, I, I think as Zeppelin fans, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan of a Zeppelin fanatic. Um, I've moved on from any hope of them playing. I know there was some rumors a few years ago before the pandemic about them playing Glasgow, Hmm. which um, I was considering selling my only (laughs) on the the black market to get get, uh, tickets for that. But um, and then there was the power trip rumor and there might be a show, like you said, a onesie show or New York or they've always they've always considered L.A. their second home, you know, to do something like that. But I think that would be the only way and it would be a very. Invite only, low-key show, probably capacity of a couple thousand. I think that's the way if they do go out, I think that's what it's gonna be. It's not gonna be a big production, it's not gonna be a big um a big to-do. I mean, they're at the Kennedy Center honors, right? And you know, watching Plant get emotional, having you know, Nancy Wilson and Ann Wilson perform Stairway to Heaven with this choir and I mean, they've reached, There's, like you said, the only way to go is down. When Why do they want to go down at this age, right? When they
1: don't need the money, they've got bazillion dollars. Um, I tell you what, I, you mentioned uh, Ann and Nancy Wilson. I would love to hear Ann and Jimmy work together. I think that because, you know, Robert Plant has always sounded like a You know, a a chick in the best way, right? Uh, In a lot of that Zeppelin stuff, and um, you know, Anne, you know, certainly is a pretty uh, badass rock chick. Um, and, And and another like I think Zeppelin's just they've they've done it, and people are still chasing that Zeppelin. Rival Sons, Grand Van Fleet, Dirty Honey. You know, I know these guys like other bands too, but. There's, there's still bands that you can build a career on, and uh, but the, 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 they're never going to get there, man. I, I mean, and I like all of them, but, like, it's a sound that still sounds fresh enough now that new bands can come out and do that without adding a whole lot of, you know. They, they, I know they mix it. I like all those bands. I'm not saying they're, like, plagiarists or anything, but... If Zeppelin wasn't so special, there wouldn't be bands like that still.
0: Like, Absolutely. That came out and had success. I like your Ann Wilson suggestion because I know Sammy Hagar has mentioned that he was approached by Page. I know Steven Tyler was approached by by Paige when Plant pretty much put the kibosh on everything. I think there's only, I, in my opinion, there might be more, but the two that come to mind... That Paige could play with that would not overshadow the music, meaning their personality is so big. Hagar's personality is huge. Tyler's personality is huge. That would almost overtake the essence of the music, right? And I think one of those is Ann Wilson that you mentioned. I think she would do right by it. And the other one, I think, would be Miles Kennedy. Those would be the two that if I'm Paige, those are the two that I'd, that I'd be looking, and maybe Chris Robinson. But again, he already worked with the Black Crows. I don't know if that's a if that's a good move.
1: Uh, Miles, yeah, and Miles rehearsed with uh, yes, John Paul Jones and Jimmy and uh, Jason Bonham, and I bet it sounded freaking great.
0: Yeah, those would be the two. Like you said, if Paige put together a blend, a band, I would want those two to be the one of those two to be the singers. I think. I think that would be something that, you know, could fill not a big arena, but a nice size room, you know, of, you know, five to ten thousand. And it'd be absolutely awesome.
1: And both of them are still, uh, I think, could be good writing partners for him on like a EP, if not a whole album. I think, Uh, you know, if they didn't want to in the in the not really album centric world we live in you can't tell me that Ann Wilson and Jimmy Page couldn't come up with five good songs. Oh,
0: abso- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that. So I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Matt's always a great guest. Always. We, we talk a lot about LA guns, <laughs> which, which uh, I have no problem doing either. Cause they're, they, they've had a great resurgence and continue to have one with their latest album diamonds, but always great to have him on. And and this discussion as a Zeppelin fan, I've always wanted to have and Matt's a great person to have it with because I think, I think we kind of get lost in having the demands as a fan. And we, as fans, we need to realize that we can't get everything we want. We're not entitled to certain things and we have to move on and just enjoy their music and the music that they gave us for 11 years, 10 years about that. And some more a little bit after that too, as well. Some, some, different uh anniversary editions and everything so just be happy with that and just continue to love Led Zeppelin and not worry about whether they're gonna tour or not we're never gonna, it's like the Beatles right the two biggest bands in my opinion more than the stones are in the position they are current day because of they don't tour anymore they're kind of a bit of a mystery they don't really you know they have this lore about them and that lore is created because you don't see them Zeppelin and the Beatles. So, um, thanks for checking out this episode. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate Matt. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Jay. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. And also don't forget to check out my guys, Tom and Zeus and I with Superfan Murph on the Zeppelin Chronicles, which was just ranked the number one Led Zeppelin podcast. We talk about the albums that release. We're up to houses of the holy right now. We'll be doing physical graffiti and 2024 and maybe presents too as well but it's a great two three hour discussion on led zeppelin and where they are in their career and we break it down the songs we break down bootlegs so check out the zeppelin chronicles too as well that's another edition of the hook rocks thank you very much for tuning in take care of each other stay safe happy new year to all of you and we will talk again soon thank you